Welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I want to read from Leviticus. Leviticus is that book in the Bible that, you know, is really boring and uh, a lot of the guys just don't really get it. But uh, there is a portion here which I want to draw out this morning and it's Leviticus chapter 21 and it's in six, verses 16 to 20 and it says, The Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, for the generations to come, none of your descendants who have any defect may come near and offer food to his God. No man has, uh, who has any defect may come near. No man who is blind or lame, disfigured or disformed. No man with a crippled foot or hand who is a hunchback or dwarf, uh, who has an any eye defect, who has a festering runny sores, or who has damaged, or some versions say crushed, testicles. Yeah, my gosh, really? Wow. That's in the Bible, serious I thought the Bible was, you know, just a boring old... There's things in the Bible that uh, are just profound. And uh, I want to draw from that this morning, because basically we've got the Lord here talking to a man, Moses, to go to another man, Aaron, to speak a message to men. Three times it says, no man, no man, no man. No man can minister. No man can lead. No man can speak. No man can be a man of God with these deformities. Now, this was a very literal word for those people at that time. This was a word to the Levitical priesthood, and it was very literal. But we can draw from the Old Testament and have an application in the New Testament today. Um, some of the list of things that are represented here would speak to us for things in our lives today. By way of example, no man can be blind would speak about not having any vision. And uh, any man who is a dwarf cannot minister, that would speak of stunted growth. You know, that is a, is a massive problem amongst men today. We're just not growing up. We've got a lot of boys that become men, but they don't actually grow up. They get older, but they don't get any wiser. And so every one of these is a teaching in and of itself. But when it comes to the damaged or crushed testicles, to me, that represents reproduction. Reproduction. Say reproduction just to wake yourselves up. It's the morning. Say reproduction. And as I look around the church and as I look around men in general, um, we are not reproducing, we are not producing stuff that is healthy and lasting by, large, by and large. And so I want to I look at that today because my question is simply this. What are you reproducing as a man? As a husband, as a father, what are you reproducing? I'm going to ask you four questions. My first question is simply this. Who are the most five influential people in your life? I'm not talking about books you've read. I'm not talking about things you've seen. I'm talking about people that you know, people that know you, people that have influenced your life. I don't think it would be any surprise that the number one person on my top five list would be my dad. Incredible influence in my life. Who are the top five 
people in your life? And of the top five, how many are men? Just a thought. If you can answer that now, that's great. If you can't, you need to go away and do some homework. My second question is this. What is it about them that you liked? What is it about them that you wanted to emulate and become like? What is it about them that inspired you? And of all the things that possibly inspired you, could you get it down to just one thing? What would be the overriding character trait of those men or people in your world that have influenced you the most? My third question is simply this. Do those things that have inspired you, motivated you, influenced you, do they exist in your life? The quality traits that have inspired you, do they exist in your life? Does that one thing that you can get it down to exist in your life? Is it a reality in your life? My last question this morning is this. Of all the men in this room, of all the names that would be written down, would your name be on anyone's list as an influencer in their life? As somebody that, that you, they emulate to be like, uh, is your name on that list? Because for me, as a church leader, yes, I want to see the church grow. But it's not just about numbers. I, I, ultimately, I want my name to be on people's list. I want to know that I made a difference in people's lives. It doesn't mean you're always going to like me. It doesn't mean you're always going to get me. But eventually, I, I, want, to, I want to have an impact in people's lives. And hopefully we can have some laughs along the way. Hopefully we can have a whole heap of fun along the way. But there comes a time where we just need to sit down and talk about things that really matter. And I'm that guy that's going to get in your face. And I'm that guy who's going to sit you down. And I'm that guy who's going to make a difference in your world. But I can't do it alone. I think it'd be amazing if every person in this room could be a person who would get involved in people's lives at a level that your name would end up on someone's list where they can say, I thank God that I'm married today. And I want you to know I would not be married today if it wasn't for this person in my life. This person has held me through my darkest hour. They didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. They told me what I needed at the time. And I'm a better person for it. Are you that guy? If you're not, you need to become that guy. Because we live in a world where men have lost their balls. They've lost their strength. They really do have damaged testicles. We don't know how it is to be a man anymore. We live in a politically correct world. And we've lost our strength. We've lost our courage. And we don't know what we're allowed to do anymore. We don't know what we're allowed to say anymore. And so we just let things happen. And I'm not talking about being offensive. I'm not talking about just picking a fight for fight's sake. I'm talking about being a real man. And if I could put the one thing that these five men in my life, and they're all men. I've had some incredible women in my life, but it's, it's, it's the five men that have influenced me most. And I thank God for that. And when I summarise what those five men have been to me, it comes down to one word, example. They've been an example. My dad is an incredible example. He's not an example of how to have a happy marriage. That, that wasn't the example. It was how to stay in a marriage. How to love your wife when she doesn't love you back. 
What an incredible man. What an incredible example. When he went to a church and women threw themselves at him and said, you know what, Keith, I know it's tough at home, but you know, me and you, we could make a new life together. And he stood his ground. That's the kind of example that we need in our lives today. Not, well, she doesn't love me. She doesn't appreciate me. This other person doesn't just run off. I am the man I am today because I have those traits as an example in my life. And I thank God for that. And I will honour that man every day of my life. And if his hearing gets worse and, and uh, he gets older and he ends up in a wheelchair, possibly not. But whatever happens to this man, I will honour him till the day I die because I wouldn't be the man I am today if it wasn't for his example. Amen. How many of you would like your sons, your daughters, your mates speaking about you like that? That's what I want. That's, that, that's one of the goals of my life, that people could speak about me in such a way. Say, thank God for Tony. Thank God for his stickability. Thank God he just didn't go the way of all men. Thank God he didn't just go along with all the political correctness in this world in which we live. So being an example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Example is all about walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Christians are great at talking to the talk. And I just want to tell you, I'm sick of hearing great messages. I'm sick of hearing great thoughts. I want to see it fleshed out. I'm sick of hearing about, you know, the Bible says you've got to love your enemies. That's great. But how about we start to see it? How about when people hate us and people persecute us and people don't like us, we just get on with life instead of having to get everyone on side? That'd be a cool thing, yeah? Because everyone, sorry, everything about us is saying something about us. How we respond in every moment is saying something about us. And that's what example is all about. It's about character. And what is character? Character is what you are in the dark. It's when no one else is watching. And that's where becoming a real man starts. We need to get our balls back, our testes, our gonads, um, our crown jewels, our power tools, all those we, we, need to, we need to get strong. We do. We have a, a chronic case of crushed testicles. I wanted to put a whole heap of crushed nuts on the table, but someone said, oh, there's all the nut allergies. I'm like, oh my gosh, we can't even do that anymore. You can't even put crushed nuts on the table because of all the allergies. And, and you know, no disrespect to those that have allergies, but I'm like, my goodness me, that's it. everything we want to do is just being shut down. And we need to make a stand. Being an example is all about leadership, as I've said. Just very quickly, just want to highlight four areas of what I believe it's going to take for us to be these examples that I'm talking about. It's not new, it's not sexy, it's uh, nothing profound, but if we can start putting these pra into practice, th these are the qualities that I've seen in these men that have influenced my life. And the first one is just being faithful. If you want to be this man... If you want to be the example that I'm talking about, the top five men who've influenced my life, they were all faithful men. They were just faithful men. They were faithful to God. They were faithful to His Word. They were faithful to church. They were faithful men. One of the men on my top list was Paul Benithan, Wesley's dad. Wes is here, and uh, his dad, Paul, he mentored me from the age of 19 to 23. He married Kath and I. It was just... Incredible man. 
He's never led a, an overly large church, but he's been willing to pack up and do whatever God has said. And, he's, and he's, he came to Tea Tree Gully at a time when I was in a church up there, and I am so grateful for him. But he was a man who was faithful. Faithful to God, faithful to his word, faithful to his church. See, consistency is the key. The key to good parenting, consistency. It's not having a good moment. Being a good husband is not having a good moment. It's just being consistent. It's just being around. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't you love that? You know, women get accused of you know, that time of the month. I think it's disrespectful to women. I know more men who experience that time of month than women. Seriously. You just, you just don't know what day it is for some men. It's just like, you know, you should be tippy-toeing around because of how they're feeling and, and what they've gone through. And we need to toughen up. And it starts with us just being consistent. When you're having a good day, smile. When you're having a bad day, smile. Happens. You know, stuff in this world just happens. Paul got up here and received his Black & Decker voucher, which was awesome. And he had a big smile on his face. And you might think, oh, he's happy because he's won something. No, he's always happy. Paul is always happy. He's always got a smile. I like that about Paul. He's, he's just always happy. Now, I know he has bad days. I know he has tough days. I'm sure he has to go through stuff because we do. But I love his smile. I love that. And so for us to be the men that I'm talking about, we need to be, firstly, faithful. Secondly, we need to be teachable. We need to be willing to learn. Which means we need to be willing to be taught by others. You know, I'm 44 years of age and I've never made a major decision in my life on my own. Every major decision I've made, I've gone to wiser, more experienced people than myself to help me make good, godly decisions. That doesn't make me a robot. That doesn't make me a yes man. That just makes me smart. So many of us men, we're anti-authority to our own detriment. We just refuse to submit to anyone because we, just, we, we, we might have been burnt by that in the past. But what you need to understand is the answer to abuse is not no use, it's correct use. And so if you've been burnt by being a yes man, if you've been burnt by submitting to authority, if you've been burnt by being under authority and that's kind of got you in trouble, the answer is not reject authority. The answer is to find good godly authority. That's why God gave your brain, to be able to discern the two. And good godly authority is not perfect. It doesn't mean that they don't make mistakes. It means that they own their mistakes and they apologize for them. The Bible says to, we should follow our leaders. It says, remember your leaders and the example they set. We don't blindly lead. We're able to assess their life. There should be, there should be a pattern in their life. I'm amazed that the people that will go to certain people about their marriage and they'll go to someone who's had you know, X amount of divorces in their life just because they know that if I go to them, I'll be able to get what I want to hear. Instead of going to the person who's walked through thick and thin and hung around. They're the people you want to go to. And so we've got to be teachable. You've got to learn from others. And you've also got to learn yourself. You've got to teach yourself. You've got to self-lead through moments. You know, with uh, technology being what it is today, there's so many things on the internet, there's so many things available to you to help you in any moment that you find yourself in. There are books galore, there are MP3s and there are iPods, there are all sorts of things you can download and lead yourself through. 
no matter what problem you're going through. So we've got to be teachable. Secondly, or thirdly, sorry, we've got to be able to teach. We've got to be able to teach. Not just teachable, but able to teach. One of my passions is to get men to grow up. And to do that, they've got to be faithful. They've got to be teachable. But then I want to teach them to be able to teach others. Are you willing to teach others? We've got to be willing to teach. Teach people how to live. You know, I trust that when people come to church, they get motivated and inspired and excited, but that alone is not going to help people. The motivation wears away. We've got to to give people something that's practical that they can use in their everyday life. And so whenever I preach, I want my preaching to be biblical, practical, and inspirational. I want to inspire people to put the Word of God into practice. I want to to be able to leave you something that you can go away with and put it into practice so you can become a better husband, that you can become a better father, that you can become a better mate. And I trust that that's something that's growing inside of each and every one of us. We live in a politically correct world. And what I love about Paul and and the writers of the Word of God, when when it comes to solving political correctness and and the gender war, you know, about how men... I mean, it's it's difficult being a man today. How do you treat women? Because there was a day you you meant to open the door for her. Now you do that, you can get slapped in the face because you're putting them down because you see them as, you know, you're looking at them as inferior beings. And it just gets crazy. And we've got men who just do not know how to respond. If I said to me, show your hands if you're not sure how to respond anymore. You know, I'm sure there would be some hands go up. But what Paul does, he doesn't go but for culture. He goes back to creation for the answers. We're not to go to culture for the answers. We're to go back to creation. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, God said, let us make man in our image um, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish in the sea and over the birds of the heavens of the air and the cattle and the sea and all over the earth and everything creeping along the floor. And God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. And so when it comes to, you know, who's better, when it comes to headship issues, women, men, etc., etc., Paul just goes straight back to Genesis, straight back to the beginning, straight back to creation, not culture. Well, in this culture, we do this. And in this culture, we do that. Culture changes, but creation stays the same. And so he's basically saying that men and women are equal, but we're different. And that's why girls like to play with dolls. And it's why little boys like to pee in trees. It's just the way it is. We're different. How many know we're different? But we're equal. We're different, but we're equal. That's not hard to know. We are different, but we're equal. The Bible says that man is to be the head and the woman is to be the helper. The woman was taken from Adam's side. Not to be in front, not to be behind, but to be by his side. It's real simple when you have this worldview. It helps hold you. Without a biblical worldview, anything goes. If you believe in evolution, that's your prerogative. But know this, in saying yes to evolution, you're saying yes to anything goes. You're saying yes to the survival of the fittest. Murderers and rapists, they should be applauded because that's just survival of the fittest. That's just us evolving into something else. But we don't like that, so we change our... No, no. What I like about having a biblical worldview is there is a starting point that we can draw from. And there's a method to our madness. But just to say we evolved. I mean, I don't know if any of you saw Q&A recently. 
Professor Klaus was just having this, you know, argument, and the question was brought up, but, you know, but, uh, you know, how can nothing explode? He said, well, that just depends on how you define nothing. They've redefined nothing. <laughs> Which is a very intelligent argument if you redefine intelligent. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, he's sort of saying, no, 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 what, 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 what we call nothing, and he started to use this example, imagine you go to a, 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 a sparse open land, there's nothing there, and then all of a sudden, you know, like Las Vegas, there was nothing there, then all these men came in and built this incredible city, but before that there was nothing, no, there was something. But by his definition, by comparison to what there is now, there was nothing, no, no, there was still dirt. That city of Las Vegas was built on something that he's calling nothing. So they've redefined nothing. And we're saying, no, no, what you're calling nothing is still something, and we want to know where that something came from. And we're suggesting that there is an intelligent designer to all that is going on. I'm just fine, we can, we can walk in the dark here. Is, is this making sense? And men are losing their courage, and, and, and men are losing their strength, and men are losing their conviction over you know, guys with white coats and glasses and letters after their names. But when you have a biblical worldview, we can just come back to what the Bible says. We're just suggesting that there is a, a creator who created. And what you are calling nothing, we're saying is something. And where did that something come from? It came from a creator. I mean, the city of Las Vegas didn't just happen, didn't just evolve. There was some intelligent design behind that, yeah? I mean, who lives in a home? There was some intelligent design to that home that you live in. It didn't just happen. Nothing just happens. And we've got men who are just losing their voice, losing their strength because of men, clever men with lots of numbers after their names. So we've got to be able to teach. I was talking to someone recently about a situation they were faced with, a certain friend acting immaturely, and so I just asked a few questions. I said, uh, how are you processing your friend going through this situation? And they said, ah, we just, you know, be able to be there and love them and, and support them and help them. I said, that's cool. But when you've got a biblical world, you can go back to the Bible. I said, well, that's cool. But what does the Bible mean that wounds from a friend can be trusted? What does that mean for you? You know, if we're just going to love, encourage, and support, then that's not going to hurt anybody. What are these wounds of a friend that the Bible's talking about? And we started looking at what it means to be able to speak into someone's life. It's not just about supporting. It's about speaking. Evil prevails when good men remain silent. Immaturity prevails when mature men remain silent. This is a time for us to speak, men. Is it right that uh, a current affair can just put a church in the media and, and, and just scrutinize them from their perspective? Hillsong Church just get run through the, 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 the mud and we just sit back and say nothing? Is that, is that right? We need to get our balls back. There's a chronic case of crushed testicles. I think we have some incredible women in this nation. I really do. But I think it's time the men gave the women a break and we started stepping up, speaking out, making a difference. Hey, I know this isn't the funniest message I've ever shared. I don't know what you was expecting to hear. 
but I'm really passionate about this. I'm passionate about men becoming men. I'm passionate about men having the tough conversations. I'm passionate about men going to people and speaking the truth in love instead of just letting immaturity and evil prevail. So to do that, we've got to be faithful. We've got to be teachable. We've got to be able to teach. And lastly, we've got to have courage. Because at the end of the day, you'll only do or you'll only rise to the level of the courage of your convictions. Many of us know what is right. We know the right thing to do, but we lack courage to do it. That's what's lacking today. We need courage to implement what I'm saying. Because let's face it, what I've shared, most of you agree with, I know that. But the difference is going to be, the point of difference is going to be us having the courage to implement it. The courage to stand up to your six-year-old son who's giving you grief, who's just being rude to your wife, the courage to stand up to him and go through hell and back just to bring him through as opposed to just too hard, let him play his games. We need courage, men. We need courage to hold on to our convictions. Otherwise, it's just going to be another good Sunday, another good message. And we've been around long enough to say yes and amen in the right places. And then we leave church and we just do whatever we're going to do anyway. I'm not talking about being angry men. I'm talking about being men of courage. Men that love people enough and love this world enough and love society enough. It stems from love. Sure, if we love our kids, we, we want to make a difference. We want to make a world that, that they can live in and enjoy. The crushed testicles, it's all about reproducing. Question to you men, what are you reproducing? Are you producing inconsistency in your faithfulness? Rebellion in your teaching? Do you actually speak into anyone's life at any level that could cause controversy? Or for the sake of the friendship, you just wink at whatever they do, whatever they get involved in? Probably one of the saddest things for me is I speak to many people, they say this, no one's ever spoke to me like this before. And I think that's, that's an encouragement one level, but it's also sad. But to do it, we're going to need courage. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.